The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The movie Into the Wild. Do you remember it? Do you remember the derelict bus that was made famous by the movie and the book? Well, it's been removed by an American military Chinook helicopter. The National Guard airlifted the wrecked 1940s-era bus out of Denali National Park late last week over concerns that it was causing too many inexperienced hikers to get lost and even die in pursuit of it. Here is Clay Walker, the mayor of the borough of Denali, Alaska. Many do call themselves pilgrims going to that bus. And we do believe that the removal of the bus will lessen, it won't curtail altogether, but will lessen the numbers of people who make that perilous journey and and, and those river crossings. Um, so I mentioned the people who have died, but, you know, the rescues have been mounting and they are dangerous and expensive and taxing on local emergency responders and public safety officials with federal, state, and local dollars. The famous wreck known as Fairbanks Bus 142, or Magic Bus, has been sitting on Stampede Trail in Alaska for decades, and it became a favorite pilgrimage site after the publication of Into the Wild, which was a 1996 nonfiction novel by John Krakauer, and also then the movie that followed. That book followed the life of Christopher McCandless, a city dweller who left his friend's family and life behind to venture out into the Alaskan backcountry. He found the bus and lived there for several months before he ultimately died of starvation. Our next guest made a 12-part documentary chronicling his own expedition to the bus. It's called Going North into the Wild. Ryan Lester of Parkland Films joins us now. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Jalen. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. And I'm excited because um, to have someone from the Edmonton area who has done this, I thought that was just fascinating. Ryan, tell us why this film was a favorite uh, of yours. What is it about that movie that you love so much? Or the book? I I would (laughs) say, yeah, I did read the book and watch the movie. And uh, both of them really uh, reflected a great sense of adventure and to seek new things and I I like that kind of an idea in my life I like to try new things let's not take the same highway all the time let's go down this one instead (laughs) you know and but his story and if you haven't seen the book or the movie I encourage people to watch it 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 is an amazing journey that he took all across the states Mm -hmm. and then he wanted to go to Alaska just to get away from society and and clear I believe it was to clear his head and he finally ended up in Alaska, and he wanted to live off the land, and he hiked down that stampede trail, and he stumbled into that bus. Mm-hmm. And that bus had a wood stove in it, and being at the end of April, where there was still a lot of snow on the ground up there, and it was cold, um, I mean, that was a that was a haven to him. It's like, oh, look at this. I have a roof over my head. I, I can keep warm and dry. So 
he he stuck it out there for a little over 100 days. He tried to leave at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to go back home. He figured out he was done. But when he got back to the river that was pretty much frozen when he crossed it at the end of April, it was such a wild running push of water. It was too dangerous. So he ended up going back to the bus. When did you decide that you wanted to follow in the footsteps and embark on your own adventure and go to this bus? It was two years ago in August. So that'd be August 2018. I had just recovered the month before from a near drowning in a canoe accident with my son. We nearly drowned to death. And that that video is also on my channel. My channel is called Parkland Films, and you can watch. I, I have canoe trip videos that were very successful, but the one, the last one I did, we nearly died. And so we had to get rescued from that. So I understand what it's like to get rescued by, um, you know, we had to get the RCMP and Fish and Wildlife. They they had to come out and get us. So um, in my mind, I wanted to do something different the next summer because I didn't have a canoe anymore and I lost all my gear in the river. Um, so I thought I want to take a big road trip and I want to take it in an old classic car, which I didn't even own yet. And I phoned up a friend of mine, Justin Brunel, and I, I threw this idea at him and he liked it. And I said, what if our final destination was the magic bus from the movie into the wild? And he jumped on it. He was so into it. And up to that point, I thought it was a crazy idea that even my wife said was a good idea. (laughs) She said, you should do that. And I'm like, really? Okay. So when he when he when he got so excited, I just went, "Okay, I guess we have to do this. We have to get to that bus." How did you get to that bus? Well, I bought a 1970 Mercury Meteor sight unseen, <laughs> drove out to Meeting Creek, Alberta, paid cash, drove it home, and I and it I bought it in uh December of 2017, I guess it would be the or sorry, December of 2018. And I spent the next six months working on it, just getting it ready, because that is a really long trip. It was a total, it was over 6,500 kilometers. Wow. And to, to drive any car that far, it's got to be in tip-top shape. So here I am driving a basically a 50-year-old car that was a little rough, but it, it ran and drove. Um, I prepped it, and it was ready. And we took that car all the way up there. And if you watch my film series on my Parkland Films channel, the series is called Going North on yeah. Alaskan Odyssey. The, the episodes, there's nine episodes of the trip itself. And it, the, the journey there was almost a Chris McCandless. It was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. We, we had some fun. We, we had some, we had a crazy incident with some fireworks, um, it was such a blast, and it really, to me, it had a Chris McCandless flavor to it. And little so, did Ryan, we know what it would ha- what effect it would have on us. Yeah, and I want to get to that. So, Ryan, I, I, I don't, how far of a hike? I, I thought I saw a helicopter drop you off, and then you hiked in. Is that right? Well, we we were going to hike the whole works, but, but part of me was like, well, what if we just get a helicopter? Because I already just about drowned the year before and yeah. I was really apprehensive about crossing that dangerous river for obvious reasons and so we were kind of we, we didn't have it ironed out we didn't even have the helicopter booked but we were leaning towards the helicopter and in the end that's what we did we did phone this helicopter company and we worked out a deal with them and they dropped us off close to the bus 
and let us stay there for 24 hours and pick this up the next day. So tell me, as as you're getting off the helicopter and you start walking towards the bus and you come around that corner and, and you see that bus, yeah. what did you think? What went through your mind? I made an ultimate dream come true that I never thought would happen. And as silly as most people would think, it's just a bus out in the bush. Who cares, right? Um mm-hmm. But it could be any destination. It could be Mount Everest or it could be going on a trip to Europe, whatever. You, you finally got to do it. You thought about it for a long time. It was the impossible, but you did it. And that was, to me, that was also a bit of Chris McCandless. That's what he was about, was doing these adventurous things that were, um, you know, seemingly impossible. And the feeling there, there was a strong presence there is how I can describe it. And I, I had heard his sister, Kareem McCandless, on a YouTube video say that whenever she goes to the bus, she can kind of feel Chris's presence. And I believe that we kind of felt that as well. We're talking with Ryan Lester this afternoon. He is an Edmonton-based documentary filmmaker uh, with uh, with Parkland Films. Uh, Parkland Is it Parkland Films or Parkland Pictures, Ryan? Parkland Films. Thank you. Okay, because someone was asking about it on the text line, so I just wanted to make sure I had it right there. And yeah. he did his own uh, pilgr- pilgrimage into um, the Alaskan backcountry to to find that bus that uh, was such a, a strong piece in the movie Into the Wild. And a couple of people are asking, you know, how do we know this, this kid's story? Did he leave a diary? Yes, he did leave a diary. How did the bus get there in the first place? And from what I understand, it was dragged in there by a mining company uh, years and years ago, and it was used as a, as a stopping place. Is that correct, Ryan? That's correct. It was originally yep. farther down the trail, and then when they yeah. shut down the mine, they brought it back and left it where it is. And Christopher uh, spent 100 days uh, at that bust, and he died. There has been speculation about what he died from. Was it was it poison? Uh, was it a poisoning from something he ate? Although right. most autopsies suggest now that it was starvation. Um, right. You you got on that bus. You were in that bus on that bed where his body was found. You saw the writing on the wall, the names of all the people who had yeah. made that trek up there. Um, in the in one of the episodes of the documentary, you're, ta- you're just being speechless. What was it like to step inside and and see that all? What was going through your mind? The first thing that struck me was the number of names and signatures and phrases written all over the bus on the inside. <clears throat> it was uh, there were so many quotes, and it it just that alone was. Uh, somewhat overwhelming it was, and it, it really impressed me I, I thought wow look at all of these people that this story affected and all of these people that have come out here whether they hiked it or took, took a helicopter either way um, and you know opening that suitcase that his mom had left there mm-hmm. with some of Chris's personal belongings like his personal bible um, and the guest books that people had signed and written their own stories in and we sat up uh, very late that night, reading those stories to each other. Um, another powerful moment was sitting on the roof of the bus, reading excerpts from the book Into the Wild. <laughs> and it was Chris talking to the world, but he didn't know that was going to happen. Um, very powerful. And, you know, his his one phrase that always 
sticks out with yeah. me is the happiness is only real when shared, and that was very strong. Did that? Did that? Did that quote? Because again, it's it's on the bus. It's you know I think it's on a plaque right as you enter it, and it's inside on a, yeah. on some some paper as well. Did that take on a new meaning for you in any way after after your after your visit to to the bus? Well, you know, not only myself but also Justin. Um, he spent almost a full year, I believe, living in a camper van before we went up to Alaska, and. Uh, he told me that he experienced that where he's kind of like, geez, I've been by myself for I don't know how many days here. I kind of need people, <laughs> you know, and, and that really struck me. I thought, yeah, that's true. Like I have a family back home and when I go home and I'm by myself because everyone else is at work or busy, I'm kind of like, geez, what do I do now? Uh, this this is weird, <laughs> you know, because you're so used to being around people. And, and here this Chris McCandless spent, it was actually I think around 113 days before he died, yeah. he was out there by himself. Do you think he was? Do you think he and others who have made this this trek and and I, I guess you included, you did it a little bit more safely. Um, but you know, when you talk about being reckless or you know just kind of you know even flighty and you look at the people who have died trying to make this trek are they reckless were they not prepared or they were just trying to maybe fulfill a dream and kind of all of that there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to be said about you know reaching for that that brass ring isn't it isn't there oh for sure Um, trying to fulfill that dream yeah it's like two weeks after we were there last summer that woman drowned if she was on her honeymoon yeah. with her husband they already yeah. reached the bus spent two days there and on the on the hike out she drowned um mm. horrible terrible i mean it almost happened to my son and i a year earlier oh. in, here in alberta so um i understand that part of why they removed the bus but here's the thing that really upsets me mm. They didn't tell the McCandless family. They blindsided them. That mm. bothers me. And I did hear a statement through John Krakauer, who wrote the book, Into the Wild. He said that he contacted Corrine, and she was blindsided and distraught over it. You know, I mean, her brother died in that bus. Um, it was, you know, that was kind of their safe place for Chris, you know. Um, yeah. And I didn't know Chris personally, but... To me, that bus was kind of the home away from home for anyone. And I would even check the weather up there. <laughs> you know, oh, how's <laughs> it going at the bus? You know, is it minus 40 or what? You know, I, that was kind of well, my thing. You know, state authorities saying that they had, you know, because of the deaths and because of all of the the rescues that they've had to, 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 to you know, all the rescues that they've had to put into place to, to get people out of there, it was just right. becoming really dangerous and it was becoming very, very expensive. Now, the mayor of Denali um, said that uh, they are going to keep the bus somewhere safe and they hope to put it somewhere where people can still go visit. It's just not going to be in the wild anymore. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm glad it's not being crushed and turned into scrap, if that's yeah. their plan. Um, and I, if they do show it to the public, I really ask that they they, they guard it. And they set it up so that people can um, walk through it. They should keep the bed there, the stove there, and maybe his chair, Chris's chair. Um, just keep it simple so that people can walk in. And it's too bad they had to cut the holes in the roof. Um mm you know, to haul it out of there. 
but I guess that's how they had to do it. Um, but I really think people should be able to walk through it. To me, it was it was powerful walking into that bus, and it was like a magnet. It was a beautiful area, and we loved walking around and going to the rivers and checking out the area. But we kept going back to the bus, to and the bus. we spent a lot of time in that bus. Well, you talked about the pull and the feeling of, of something being there with you, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what pulls you back to a certain spot. Ryan Lester joining me this afternoon. Again, you can find uh, Going North uh, on the Parkland Films YouTube uh, site, yeah. and you can check it out uh, for yourself. It is quite something to see your excitement and see the, f- the face of both you and Justin as you came around that corner and saw it for the first time. Ryan, thank you for sharing your experience with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jalen. I've been listening to this show for a long time, so it's good to be able to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Ryan. Take care now. Uh, Again, Parkland Films on YouTube is called Going North. He made his dream come true. Maybe it's a trip. Maybe it's something else. What's yours? If you could do the one thing, the one thing that you've always dreamed of doing, what would it be? It doesn't have to be a trip. It can be anything.